We're going live from the uh, Rambo First Blood 40th Anniversary War Room, big fella. Oh, nice. Okay, okay, here we go. All right, welcome okay. to another... Well, this is actually... Welcome to a special episode of It's a Long Road, the Rambo Series podcast. Those who listen to my podcast, uh, as they know... And as you will now know, we'll get to we'll get to you in a second to our special guest. But we uh, covered the Rambo films in order. We've done season one was First Blood. We're now in season two. We're recovering Rambo First Blood Part Two. But this is the first episode that I've done where we're not going to, you know, show scenes from the movie and talk about the movie that we're on that kind of thing in order. This is a I guess a bonus episode or a special episode because, well, we're going to get into the why. But this is uh, really exciting. With me today, I have Brian McKinney. From the Hope Cascades and Canyons Visitor Center, and one of the organizers of the First Blood 40th Anniversary event that's going to be happening this Canadian Thanksgiving weekend. In this Canadian Thanksgiving, you got it. All right, so Brian, welcome to the show. Ryan, right over my left shoulder. You know what? As a matter of fact, we are broadcasting live, live, big fella, from the First Blood 40th Anniversary War Room. Look at that! Just pan. Look, you can tell that this is the headquarters. This is the ground zero, if you will, of the big event coming up in less than three weeks. That's that's awesome. Well, can you show me something, or is that a top secret? What can you show me on the like? What what's an example of your post-it notes? What do you got going on over there? Oh man, this is going to be the biggest event yet. It's uh, it's it's crazy. I mean, if you, you know what, if you're if how's the logo on the hoodie look? That's awesome. By the way, yes, beautiful uh, beautiful uh, hoodie. You know what, I'll tell you, if you're a fan, if you're a fan of franchise, um, and I mean, there are millions, tens of millions literally around the planet, you're going to want to be in Hope, British Columbia, Canada, this Canadian Thanksgiving. There's no question about it. we got four days of action. Uh, it, it all kicks off uh, on the Friday, uh, October 7th, and goes right through till Monday the 10th. But we can talk a little bit more about the event and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But uh, just want to say, first of all, just happy to be with you this morning. Oh, well, thank you. It's, it's great. And uh, let's thank Tracy for hooking us up. Uh, uh, I, I can't believe I, I had to jump through more hoops getting a hold of you than I did getting a hold of David Morrell. You know what? I gotta. I I have to introduce. This is Tracy. Tracy, say hi. Hi. This is Tracy. <laughs> And let me tell you, she's working right now. Like, it's just, it's first blood everywhere Thank around you. here. Oh, I know. But, uh, no, she uh, she is, wow, she has been working. She's been working at 24, almost 24-7. And uh, she, if it wasn't with, if it wasn't for that gal, that would be a 40th anniversary. She, she's doing all our retail, uh, organizing all the, you know, a lot of the, uh, the retail events. And uh, it, it's been uh, all hands on deck, and and it's going to be, it's been, it, this has been in the works. It's been in the planning now for close to a year, and it's hard to believe that we are uh, inside three weeks away. It's going to be, it's going to be great. Yeah, this is uh, fantastic. So before we get into it, you're in Hope, British Columbia now. Brian, are you a longtime resident of Hope? Uh, have you been there your whole life, or did you just move there at some point in your life? What's what's your history with Hope? This the town proudly, or city, yeah. Proudly born and raised, I've lived here all my life, and uh, has never had to move out of our community. And uh, and you know, it's uh, hope. If some of your viewers and listeners are are not familiar with our area geographically, we're kind of in the we're sort of where the province meets. Uh, we're about an hour and a half east of Vancouver. 
uh, about two and a half hours uh, west of Kamloops. And uh, so we are basically, uh, if you were to look at a map of British Columbia, we are where literally the province meets four major arterial highways, either go over us, under us, around us, or through us. And um, so, yeah, Hope has been my hometown and, and uh, never had to move. Very fortunate that way. Very blessed uh, to, to be able to basically do what I do now for a living, and that's sell and tell our community. And, you know, the whole first blood component, Ryan, is just sort of part of what we do. I mean, obviously, there's so much more to our, our area, our community, where we live. Uh, than you know than a than a than an eighties action flick starring Sylvester Stallone, but uh, but yeah, it's it's um, it, it's 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 the place it's the place to be, and it's it's uh, it, we've got some of the most spectacular backdrop, natural setting, natural. We our trail system is probably second to none, uh, probably some of the nicest trails I would think in Western Canada. Um, but yeah, we are. Um, it, it, we're Hope British Columbia, Canada, and and known more for just uh, than than just a Sylvester Stallone movie for sure. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's a. I'm. I don't know if you know, but I'm from Victoria, British Columbia, born and raised here. Great city, great city. I love it. Yeah, lots of uh, the. It's funny because um, sometimes you know I, I think of Victoria. It's you know it's like it's a, it's a beautiful town. Um, and, uh, we, you know, obviously working in the industry that we do, uh, obviously Vancouver Island, Victoria, that whole area is a hot destination for, for people that are coming to our province and, uh, nice, of course, that the, you know, we're at the, the butt end of the pandemic and international travelers are now starting to travel and, um, and for sure everywhere from the Northern part of Vancouver Island, right down to the tip is, uh, is a very, very, very popular destination for people that are coming through our community, for sure. Yeah. Well, you might have had first blood in Hope, British Columbia, but I had Mel Gibson's Bird on a Wire filmed in Victoria. So come on. We're starting that uh, 40th anniversary tour next uh, next week, actually. Yeah, you know what? Well, okay, but just so you know, just so you know, of course, Bird on a Wire, a large portion and some of the biggest uh and most action-packed stunt scenes were shot in our very own backyard out at the Coquihalla canyon provincial park you got me again okay you get burnt on the wire as well okay so i'll see your victoria filming location big fella but i gotta raise you one to the othello tunnel because it is a hot bed for stunt work and major motion picture production out out of the uh out of the Coquihalla canyon provincial park for sure now I don't want to I don't want to age you, uh, sir, because that that'd be very rude of me. But when when First Blood was filmed in Hope, uh, how old were you? Were you around? Did you catch any of the actual filming as it was happening? What's uh, do you have any stories about that? Oh man, it, it you know it's funny. There's there's still a couple of my uh, my grad buddies that still kind of live in the area and stuff, and it was so cool being a being a young kid. Uh, being in town when during their two months of filming they they started shooting in november on november 1st of 1981 filming was didn't wrap up i think the last person to leave the set ryan i think was like on the 28th of december or something they were so far behind schedule wise they were so over budget and um it's funny now just talking to some of the people that worked well not only in front of the camera but behind the camera they tell stories of uh just 
you know, there was always friction on the set. Nobody was getting along with anybody. Like I said, weather was was, was creating havoc for the entire production. Uh, therefore, obviously, you know, they were scheduled to be filming one day, for instance, out at the park. Well, then weather would move in. Well, that delayed filming by 24, 36, 48 hours. I mean, it was just, it, it, it was tense, apparently. And... Um, but yeah, we were just a bunch of young kids. I, I think I was about 13 years old when they actually filmed the movie in, in our community. And um, it was kind of cool because on some of the daytime shooting, they would allow uh, the uh, school, some of the school kids to come downtown like on a field trip and actually stand on Wallace Street downtown for a couple of hours and actually watch some of the live stuff being shot. So it was pretty cool. So, you know, and and... As a young guy, like I have a lot of friends who were working like set security and things like that at night. So um, I was, uh, I had the, uh, it, it was pretty cool at night. I was on, on a lot of the uh, sets at night, for instance, when they blew up the uh, gas station, of course, uh, when they blew out the doors of the uh, outpost gun shop, um, various shooting scenes and car chases and stunt work and stuff. And so when I watch the movie and people are like, how can you watch that? You know, because we have it on in our, in our office here all the time for fans to come in. And, and uh, as a matter of fact, we just, let's just, let's just take, I'm, I'm bringing you, look at, well, look what we've got playing in the background just as we speak. Oh, my favorite scene too, by the way, the breakout scene. Great. That's awesome. Uh, but, uh, you know, so it was cool growing up in Hope. And, uh, and, and being around that and watching that. And so even now, like when I watch the movie, uh, it's kind of like, oh, cool. Like I was standing right there, you know, we watched him pull the practice, pulling the stunt guy off the motorbike about 10 times. I and just, like, know oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I, you, you triggered like 500 yeah. questions in my head as you were talking there. Yeah, no, no. It just, and it was, so yeah, so it, it, so when people say to us, oh, how can you watch that movie? Oh, but it brings back fun and childhood memories and, and all that kind of stuff. Knowing that I was right there watching all this oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, that's that's amazing. That was, like like I said, that's your hometown. That's your stomping grounds. And seeing, really, you're, you're seeing your town on film. It's like a historical archive now. Because I'm, I would dare say, I don't think Hope looks that way 40 years later. Well, what's cool, Ryan, is that uh, and we've said this in other interviews too. Like you know, people are like, "What is it? Like, I, I, what's the attraction?" You know, and and basically, what we do from a marketing perspective here is that we just kind of let the town do its own thing in terms of like a lot of the locations. Like, there's about eleven key location filming locations downtown and in the area. Geographically, have really not changed. So, you know, if you're a true fan of this movie, you know, you could be standing on the corner of 3rd and Wallace where he steals the motorbike. And like I said, the exact same view through a lens exists today in, in 2022 as it did in the fall and winter of 1981. It's like, wow, I'm standing right there. Obviously, there's been some, you know, some of the storefronts have changed and all that kind of stuff. But even in the movie, they changed some of the storefronts anyway. They put up, you know, billboards and and things like that, just to either hide camera work or equipment or stuff like that. But but if you're a true fan, like, you know, when you're standing over here on Water Avenue, um, you know, that's where, that's where Sheriff Teasel and John Ramble meet for the first time, right? So it's like, it's like goosebumps right off the bat, right? Awesome. 
And uh, so, like, when we do the tour, and I'll be doing the walking tour on the Friday of the of the weekend, it you know, I take fans around, and I tell all the behind-the-scenes stories and stuff, and you can just tell, like, they're standing there. I mean, they're teeth and eyeballs, man. Like, they're just like, wow, like, I'm standing in the exact spot, like, where the motorcycle, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like it, And to see the look on their face, it's just cool, right? Because they've come here from so far away, and even for this week, the weekend coming up, we've been, there are fans, Ryan. We got fans coming from Brazil, uh, England, Germany, Tokyo, California, Spokane, all over the province, from coast to coast. It's destination Hope BC coming up here in a couple of weeks. It's going to be cool. That's well, that's one of my questions. I was going to ask: of what kind of attendance are you are you thinking? Like five people, hundred people? How many people are going to come through this thing over the weekend? Yeah. What like when we did the thirty fifth anniversary, we probably had mind you, it wasn't a four day gig. It was I think it was we squeezed it all up into about two and a half days. But I think we probably uh, calculated that about fifteen hundred, maybe two thousand people came through the community for the thirty fifth to partake in something, right, or to right. do part of it. Right. So, um, I probably did the biggest walking tour I think I've ever done. It was unbelievable. Uh, we we probably I think we probably had about I must have had about five hundred people following me. It was it was it was you know it was funny because there's one guy standing beside me and we're waiting for this line to quit to fall like to turn back. To, I'm looking down two blocks down Commission Street, and they're like they, the guy kind of nudged me and he goes, "You've probably never seen anything like this before." And I'm like, "Man, I have never seen anything like that. Like it's so it was so cool." Um, but, uh, yeah, for the event, who knows, uh, you know, it, it, it could be, it could be, uh, a couple of hundred, it could be a couple of thousand. Um, we're ready. We think we're ready. Uh, obviously, you know, I, and, uh, so bring it on. Let's do this. It's well, going to be a blast. If things get out of hand, you can always call the national guard. There you go. Unless, unless it's like somebody like, you know, Clinton Morgan who needs to be at the drugstore tomorrow. By the way, Patrick Stack, a great actor. This guy is, he's awesome. He's been so much fun to deal with. Great actor from the 80s. Of course, Patrick Stack plays Lieutenant Clinton Morgan, National Guard leader. Of course, he, you know, he, him and his troop mates chase John Rambo into the mine shaft, of course. And he's got the, um, and Earl's got to grab the, you know, the, the, the rocket launcher. That scene, of course, it's just awesome. Anyways. Patrick is coming up to be taking part in the event. He's looking forward to it. He's actually spending four days in Hope. And been a great guy to deal with. Patrick is going to be here on the Saturday afternoon uh, down at the autograph tent on Wallace Street as part of the big uh, weekend. So it's going to be a hoot. That's awesome! Well, what that uh, fantastic that he's, that he's showing up. I try to I try to find a way to get a hold of him. I mean, I'll be talk to you afterwards because I, I could, it's always hard to find. I don't know how he did it, but I try to get a hold of him to see if I can interview him for my podcast. And uh, uh, that's great that he's coming. And I hope all goes well for that. Okay, I got some questions here. I've got some real questions here. So regarding we talked about this on our podcast when we got to the scene of the gas station. Number one, the gas station when the when uh, Ramble runs it over with the truck. And they, they runs yep. over the pumps. Okay, what did he run over, and how did they film the fire part? What what what, what were they using for the fire sequences? Because that's real fire coming out of the ground. So how did they film that? Where was that filmed? Yeah, that was shot up on uh, that was shot up on Old Hope Princeton Way. 
um, and uh, AKA sort of like uh, the crow's nest highway, highway three. So if fans are looking up hope and you're doing the whole, the whole Google earth and you're doing it, it's now on a stretch of highway called old hope Princeton way. Um, now it's obviously been replaced by the, the big overpass there where the Coquihalla highway kind of goes right over top of the, of the community. But uh, if you go to, there's an online, I think, uh, tour map, a, a movie filming location map that fans can access as well. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a, it, it's, what I love about this movie, Ryan, is that a lot of the pre-production, a lot of the sets that, that they actually constructed, the sheriff's office, the outpost gun shop, and of course the famous gas station, they shot the film using what was, or what is called an optic lens. So basically, obviously, everything that appears on screen is, uh, well, a lot bigger than what it actually was. For instance, I was there when they were shooting the scene where uh, Stallone is inside the outpost uh, gun shop. And if you recall, he's pulling all the stuff off the shelves and all that kind of about set, uh, about ready to set fire to the, to the building. That that set, I remember because as a little kid, we were kind of peering in through the windows, just watching all the guys get ready for the shoot. That inside that set was probably no bigger than a walk-in closet. So, like Andrew Laszlo, one of the most gifted and amazing uh, cinematographers, of course, uh, he he was on, he worked on First Blood. He just had this magic of of making things appear so big and so cool. Uh, just, just he was a master at that kind of stuff. The gas station set itself was not a very big set at all. It was like about 40 feet, uh, 40 to 50 feet long, maybe about 20 feet uh, deep, uh, kind of a three-dimensional kind of a structure. So basically nothing behind it, nothing behind it holding it. Fake gas pumps, of course, small little gas pumps. And basically what they did for the explosion component was they just literally filled the entire set uh, of anything that would explode, jet fuel, gasoline, diesel, dynamite, gunpowder, anything. I remember, uh, I remember so much talk uh, afterwards from the pyrotechnic guys and such that they were like, we've got one opportunity to get this right, and if we don't, you know, you know what is going to hit the fan Hollywood style. So they had to, and of course, you know, as you can appreciate back then, no green screen, no blue screen, you know, oh, we'll just look after that for in post-production, nothing like that. They had one opportunity to get it right. And there was so much adrenaline filled. It was a Thursday night. I'll never forget it. The entire town was out for the shooting of the uh, explosion, explosion of the gas station. The whole town was out. You could tell that the crew was jacked. Director Ted Kochet, there was a nervous energy. I'll never forget it. And I tell this story uh, during the tour, actually, because we actually walk up there and uh, I show fans exactly where the structure was. And I can remember Ted Kochet being so nervous. He was on his big megaphone there. And he was like, okay, Hope British Columbia, are you ready? Everyone's like, Woo! Right, there's like three thousand people all lining the street there, and he goes, "Okay, does everybody know what's going to happen here tonight?" And everyone's kind of like, "No," and he's like, "Well, that's good because neither do we." <laughs> but, right, like they they were you, there was a nervous, nervous energy, 
And uh, yeah, it was, just, it was so much stuff going on because there were so many different components to the shot where they had to, you know, film uh, Stallone's stunt guy driving the truck. So then, of course, he drives it over the pump and they had to stop, stop shooting, put Stallone in the truck, shoot Stallone getting out of the truck, opening up the back tailgate, grabbing his gun, you know, and then, and then uh, lighting the wick and then, you know, cut that, shoot that, okay, stop that. And then, of course, bringing the pyrotechnic guys just off to the right of the screen. So they've got this this uh, kind of like a, a long wick, if you will. And it was basically just like a big, huge uh, candle, if you will, the gas pump just shooting out this uh, the flame or whatever. So they shoot that, wrap that, cut that. Then they had to get everybody off the set, of course, for the big, huge uh, explosion. So they had everybody back out. And it was weird because if you watch the movie again, and Ryan, I know you're going to watch the movie again right after we do this interview. Of course. Is, is that is that it? If you watch it, they did this. It, it, it the set explodes, and then everybody was like, "Oh, like you know." And then it, another explosion, and then oh, and then of course the big granddaddy, and everything went flying. And what I remember about it, and it was just funny how movie making has just changed over the years compared, you know, when they film a big uh, motion picture, whatever, downtown Vancouver or whatever, you know, they usually cord, you can't get, you can't get within the set with, you know, 12 blocks. Right. You know, I mean, when Victoria, they pretty well just shut down Victoria and they, you know, the public can't access anywhere. Um, but, uh, but there, just across the street, People were getting stuff dumped on them. There's, there's flaming things falling from the sky, like the heat and everything. And everyone's all, everybody's like, Woo! like everybody. There was a big cheer from the crowd, and Ted was yelling, "Cut! Cut! 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 Cut!" Cameron, like, like, and everyone was even the set. Everybody's all freaking out and loving it. And then, of course, immediately following that, they had to bring all the actors in over by the cars. They shoot the next segment of the of the of the uh, sheriff vehicles arriving on the set, so they shoot that. Then, of course, they had to put all the actors in position because they had the exploding cars going off. Right. And Elf Humphreys, uh, and then I'll let you ask another question, Ryan. After I'm done, now see you got you got me all going on first blood, brother. These are questions I actually had legit we, when we discussed the scene on the show. When we got to the scene on our podcast in season one. I was legit, even as a 2022 movie-going guy, I've seen this movie a hundred times, I was like, how do they do this sequence? Because that flame is all real, like I said, no CGI, it's all real flame, this wasn't like a little candle, this was a, yeah, it was, it was amazing uh, explosive work, so it sounds like uh, it, we were right about how it was amazing, but I didn't know how they did it. Well, it's, 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 it's so cool because what, what's, what makes this film so legendary and what fans still talk about after all this time is that what you see on the screen is real stuff, right? And like I say, it's movie making, everything's just done in post-production. Right down to gunfire now, they just have the actors, you know, hold the rubber gun and then they just do the flame out the barrel and the sound and all that kind of stuff in post. In this film, and films like it, whether it's Terminator or whether it was like, you know, Commando or Predator or Lethal Weapon or whatever, back in that, the early 80s of film, actors just got hurt all the time. And, uh, and I think that's just what, I think that's what sort of resonates with the fans about First Blood. And it doesn't matter whether they're just, 
because the fan the fan base of this movie of of this movie in particular are as young as five and as old as ninety five. And I'm not kidding you. We have we have young fans come into our office here, and they're like, and the guys like, well, tell these guys what you, your favorite movie in this little guy's like, First Blood, right? And I'm like, how old are you? And I'm five years old, and I'm like, and First Blood is your favorite movie? I said, but. Like, what about Lord of the Rings? Or what about Avatar? Or what about, like, no, I like First Blood. I said, why do you like First Blood? And, they, and he's like, the stunts are real. And, the, you know, at, they get hurt, you know, and all this. So there was so much high risk done in this production, Ryan, that, you know, like, actors got hurt. Uh, people working on the set got hurt. You know, every, of course, the, the, the injuries that Stallone sustained during filming, I mean, it's legendary, right? Brian Dennehy separated his shoulder because he wanted to do the final part of the fall when he falls through the glass. It's terrifying. Um, you know, so, uh, and so it, it uh, is legendary that a part of the, and I don't, I've never really been able to find this out, but part of Brian's filming was actually done with a separated shoulder. I mean, that, that's just how tough this whole cast was. And uh, I think that's just what it makes this film so so cool and iconic, right? And uh, but yeah, there was so much high risk in the stunt work that they were doing. I tell stories about when they were over on Third Avenue there, and of course, legendary stunt guy Benny Dobbins. Of course, he did the original jump with the car, but he was asked, uh, you know, to to you know hit it at a certain speed. Well, he hit the he hit the ramp. Uh, too hot, too hard, too fast, and landed too hard and too far that he actually broke his lower back. You know, so they had to reshoot that scene. Another car, floor speed, hitting the ramp. You know, so the shot that you see on film is actually, uh, actually, I think it's probably take two or take three. But they didn't do the original one where the uh, where the stunt guy broke his lower back, but. Those are just some of the stories, you know, that I tell and I share and I show when we're on the actual walking tour. It's a lot more fun when you're at when you're at that position, when you're actually at that location, and you can, you know. So, but yeah, it's just uh, the cool, the cool film, man. I got. Well, I got more questions. You got time? Oh, I okay. I can talk all. Day. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, so can I. Uh, this is fantastic. So I. Um, Back to the explosions. When they did the outdoorsman explosion, how did they film that? Because it seemed like they were blowing things up right in town. Yeah, they. Um, it was funny because when uh, when they originally did the post, uh, or they the um, when they had to sell this to our district council um, about the you know that they were going to bring this movie to town and and uh, fun little side story, but. Actually, my dad was actually on uh, the Hope Town Council, Hope District Council at the time, when uh, when First Blood Productions was actually doing uh, a proposal to the district about bringing this blockbuster film to town. So they were pitching it, and uh, in the council chambers there, whatever. And as part of as part of of the pitch was that, oh, well, it you're going to be a small. Uh, small USA, small town in USA, um, in Washington State. Um, oh, by the way, we're going to be replacing your Canadian flags and your beautiful British Columbia flags with U.S. flags. And oh, by the way, we're going to be putting U.S. 
post office boxes on all your corners and uh, military, you know, we want you and the army billboard propped up everywhere. And, uh, and oh, by the way, uh, there's going to be automatic gunfire, uh, car stunt, uh, car, cars flying through the air, bike chases, and we're going to be blowing half the town up. Are you still interested? So it was, it was kind of a, it was kind of a fun little pitch, but back then it was kind of like, you know, like movie making wasn't really known in the, in the province of British Columbia back then. And, you know, it's now a, what, a $4 billion a year industry. And, um, and, oh, and by the way, Hope British Columbia, Canada, we are the original Hollywood North. We argue with you guys down there in the lower mainland and on the island all the time about who is the original Hollywood North. Hope British Columbia, Canada is the birthplace of Hollywood North. You can have it. No, no question about it. But yeah, so uh, so it was funny because they, you know, there was like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're building three structures, we're gonna blow them up, we're gonna blow them out, we're gonna, you know, it was kind of funny, right? So I can remember my dad kind of coming home to the dinner table back in the back in the days when we actually had dinner around the table, and I remember my dad saying to me, going, he says, oh, have you ever heard of Sylvester Stallone? And I'm like, well, yeah, of course, that's Rocky, and he's like, oh, I said, why? And he said, well, they're coming to Hope, they're gonna film a movie here, and I, and I said, oh. Well, that's kind of cool. What's it about? So he tells me, you know, and I'm like, well, that's really cool, right? So, so anyway, that's, it was just a, that's a fun little memory that I'll that I'll always have. But uh, it was the the next to where they built the outpost gun shop set was an old Dutch shoemaker, a shoe repair guy, and uh, he had the and and hard working hard working older fella, and so the production crew had to go to him and try to explain to him that they're going to build this set and they want to, they want to connect it to his store and, and Oh, and by the way, we're going to blow it up. Well, he, of course, be having the language barrier. He, he was defined. He said, you know, I can't do with the accent, but he's yeah, older fella. He's like, you know, there'll be no, you, you are not going to blow my business up. And they're like, we're not going to, we're going to build the set, you know? And so anyway, so it was, it was funny. So they, they had to kind of, he agreed, but they had to, this explosion. I remember it was they, the, the post talk about it is that it was very technical and that when they did the explosion, it had to blow out, not up or out back. It, forward so that's why in the shot obviously you see the doors you know blow open and uh and not out or sideways or straight up or whatever it was a very very technical piece of pyrotechnics but they had to be very very careful because of the old the old guy next next door they're running the shoe repair business he was uh he was very concerned but he finally agreed to it and what you see on screen i mean they just they nailed it. It looked good. It sounded cool. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so, and again, here, the, the magic of, of film and Andrew, Andrew Laszlo was that even with the outpost gun shop set, and you can actually see some pictures online of, it was basically a one dimensional set. So what you saw was, was the, the fascia of it. And then of course the closet size area where they had the retail and pulling everything off the shelf, all that kind of stuff. And in the back 
was just basically two by fours holding it up. Okay. So, I mean, this the magic of of eighties filmmaking, right? But uh, that was a great that the, the what you see on film there. Yeah, they did very. a good job because again, when we're watching it, like we're going through it minute by minute almost, and so when we see the sequence we're talking about, we froze it. I'm like, that still looks like a real building next to this explosion. So, I, so we were right. This was a real building, but they built something to the right of it to explode. So that's really cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's just it's one, and again, like when we're doing the walking tour, and we're over on Commission Street, um, we uh, because just around the corner from Commission Street, of course is Fraser Avenue. So of course that's, that's on Fraser Avenue is where they do, uh, is where the famous fields store sign is, of course, which has been in a lot of films that, that, uh, that marquee. And of course that's one of the big scenes where Stallone shoots out the phony transformer and you see the field sign in the background. So, and of course, just around, oh, just around the that is Wallace street where he actually rides the motorcycle down after he steals it and everybody's jumping out of the way and all that kind of stuff. So all of that filming sequence is all like literally done within about uh, two or three blocks of each other. So the sheriff office, my understanding was is uh, Leroy, who's painting down there, is that that was a real sheriff's office that was quote unquote under repair at the time. He was. Uh, they shot the um, they shot the basement sequence at the uh, it was a BC Penitentiary down in. Ooh, I'll say uh, Coquitlam area. It's now demolished, uh, but it was a, it was an active uh, jail cell, and the uh, so the, that was the downstairs sequence, the filming sequence, and the you know where he escapes out and does all that kind of stuff. Leroy was actually a contractor that was painting down there, and Jack Starrett, uh, Art Galt plays the character Art Galt was comes downstairs and just wung it improv just said and Leroy apparently was this guy's actual name and Leroy was an actual contractor doing the painting down there and he just wung it and says gonna take Leroy all you know to paint this hall come on Leroy swing that paint well that that's just classic Jack Starity just that was totally unscripted off the cuff and Ted Kocheff loved it and so they kept it and uh but there's so many cool scenes like that in the movie. Like Ted Kocheff, the director, uh, was he's he was always legendary for basically just letting actors act. And um, it, you know there were so many scenes in this movie where he said, "Okay, you guys, uh, we've got the script. Brian, you know, okay, here here's the scene. Okay, Brian, you are genuinely pissed off because you just." got word that the helicopter is not going to be here because there's a storm moving in. So let's shoot it. Okay. Action. And so Brian would do something or whatever. And he goes, Nope, 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 Nope. Just you're, you're, you need to be more. So what you see on film in so many different shots are the actors just kind of winging it. And, uh, and that, that's part of what makes it so cool because Brian of course plays that, you know, pissed off sheriff, grouchy sheriff. Like, you know, there's not one scene where Brian's in a good mood in this movie other than the very opening scene when he says good morning to Amy Alexander on the street, who is a, was a longtime family friend of mine. Bless her. She passed away a number of years ago. But, uh, but that's about the only time that you actually see Brian's character in a good mood. But other than that, he just, Ted just said to him, he says, 
Brian, you got to be pissed off this whole movie. This guy's taking over your town. This guy's blowing up your town. Like you need to be. And it was. And what's cool is that Brian was such a cool guy in real life, like around town when he wasn't on the set. Like he just he actually became one of the locals. Like he was. He'd show up in the morning for the with the and go for coffee with the old guys at the coffee club or. Uh, he was volunteering with our with the seniors folks. He he dressed as Santa and and uh, served lunch at a Christmas dinner for the senior citizens here in town. Like he was just a really really cool cool guy. And uh, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute as part of the uh, as part of the big weekend because we have a little surprise for. Yeah, uh, but I, yeah, I, I feel bad for taking over your time because I boy I've got so many questions but I don't want to because ah, I'm so curious about a couple things. Now, uh, I'll be quick. Um, the uh, the older guy that said uh, howdy sheriff at the beginning was that a local or was that an actor? Yeah, you know I I there okay don't know I've never been able I I've never been able to get a bio on that guy. Um, I I want to think that he was I don't think he was a local I think he was probably an actor you know like brought brought in if you will or whatever. There are people that there are people that that do part time acting, background acting, and things like that. I've never I don't recognize his name because he does show up in the credits as Man on the Street. Okay. Uh, so and of course he's got he's got uh, you know he's got a line in it. So uh, I'll say actor from out of town. Okay, you know who doesn't have a credit? Uh, this just cued. Me. I know exactly. I know exactly. Okay, okay, before you tell me, let me see if I'm right. The person that doesn't yep. have a credit, and when we were covering the scene, I went to go check out this individual's, and yep. like, what? She has a huge speaking part, and I don't know who she yep. is. Uh, uh, Delmore, uh, yeah, Delmore Barry's widow. One of the one of the there's two questions that I get asked by fans all the time, and nobody has really been able to give me a concrete answer. I've spoken to people in front of the camera, behind the camera, on the set, off That's the insane. set. And and the fact that Delmore Barry's widow does not get a credit in the movie, nor brace yourself, Ryan. Are you sitting down? I am. Why did Hope BC not get a credit at the end of the movie? Do you ever notice that? Hope BC was not mentioned at all oh, as a credit in the movie. Because they usually do that thanks to the people, blah blah blah, the community. Yep. Yeah, it, it it says uh, it goes like when you watch it, just get, just be patient. Go to the very end of the of the uh, of the credits. There, it it talks about the Minister of Tourism, the Province of British Columbia, Golden Ears Park, all that area. But there's not one made mention about Hope British Columbia, Canada. We get asked that by fans all the time. I don't have an answer for it. One. Someone told me one time that it boiled down to money, and I don't exactly know what. I have a theory. I have a theory. Well, it okay. might have, well, it's two. It might have just been an oversight. It might not have been "quote unquote" malicious. It might have been an oversight, or two. They wanted to keep the illusion that it was filmed in the states. Could very well have been, yeah. And of course, it, yeah, it's, it it is it it takes yeah it takes place in the fictional town of Hope, Washington. That's right. So that's right. Yeah. Well, you know what? I it's I, that's again that's just part of the folklore and the legend of this movie that's that's what keeps this whole fire burning okay, and I'm, nerd, I'm nerding out here i've got to ask before i forget the cliff the cliff scene of course when stallone goes to that top that's a great that, it's a very quick shot but there's a shot where he hears the dogs barking and he yep. looks over his shoulder and he's got that overshot of him on top of the cliff and yep. uh 
So my question is, do you know where that cliff is? Have you been to it? Has anyone dared to even scale or repel it? What's the story of the cliff? And uh, do I dare say this part of your tour? Yeah, it, it, you, well, it, it usually is. And that takes place out of the Coquihalla Canyon Provincial Park, which is home to the Othello Tunnels, of course. And uh, probably one of the most popular park destinations uh, in the province. Um, it is a park that's open uh, from May through usually the Thanksgiving weekend in October. Um, unfortunately, it sustained a whole bunch of flood damage when we had the devastating floods back here in November and December. And unfortunately, the park isn't open this season. So uh, unfortunately, this year it's not going to be part of the tour, but um, more on that in a minute. But yeah, that cliff scene uh, is where and where Stallone was standing. He looks over his shoulder and of course the dogs are coming. That is at the top of that cliff. The public can't access uh, access that anymore because BC Parks actually fenced it down at ground level. So accessibility up there, there, is, there used to be a makeshift trail where all the camera equipment and all the crew and everything had to lug all this stuff up there to do all. And you'll notice also in that whole cliff sequence that there's so many different camera angles. So they had... Uh, camera set up over on this side of the canyon, this side of the canyon, this side of the like it was it was a technical technical shoot, um, and as a matter of fact, they it was a shot a shooting sequence that they only wanted to be out there for a couple of days. Well, they were actually out at the Coquihalla Canyon Provincial Park for almost seven to ten days. Weather issues, of course, doing high high risk high technical helicopter stunt work, having wind uh, having wind. Uh, drafts and drifts and, and and wind gusts and everything down there in the canyon, having the helicopter pilot be like, it was technical. A lot of people still talk about shooting there for the for the movie, and um, but uh, yeah, won't be a part of the tour this year. Uh, but the park is definitely scheduled to be open again next spring. But uh, still, there's going to be eleven other spots in this community that fans are going to come into town and you are going to get your first blood fix. No question about it. Okay. We'll get to that. And I, I don't mean to, oh, I'm so sorry. There's just so much I want to talk about, but I know your time is valuable and uh, I want you to plug the, the tour before we, before we hang up, so to speak. Um, the boy, the hunter boy who gets, uh, who narks on Rambo and tells his dad, dad, he's over there. Is he a local? Because again, this is his only IMDB, this kid, this is it. Yeah, you know, it's I I know uh, I know a buddy of mine who who knew I think it's da- uh, Danny Wozna. Sounds it, right. It, sure. Um, uh, again, a one time one time. I've never seen his name pop up on a credit. Uh, it's I IMDb. Think he just, it, he's credit, but this is his only IMDb credit. It's just weird. To, I I find that weird to me that this kid gets a you know again a speaking role in a Rambo film, but then he's. Never does a thing again in his life. So I wonder if he was a local or something. Yeah, uh, no, down the valley kid, somewhere in the uh, somewhere in the lower mainland, and according to a source that I've got, and uh, but yeah, just one of those. What what was his part? Like about three seconds, four seconds, yes, or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, well, a little bit. Yeah. Rambo captures him, puts a knife to him, and then he, the kid That's tells. Right. And this sequence always bothered me too. Was the kid. Maybe you could explain to me. The kid tells his dad, "Dad, Dad, he's there." And then the other guy, the other guy's friend, starts shooting. Which I didn't ever understood. Were these guys hunting, or were they hunting for Rambo? Because it's never yeah, played it, in the film. Yeah, a little bit of a plot gap there. It's like, okay, what are these dudes doing out there? 
right? You know, like, was there, like you said, was it, was it open season for John J. Rambo? Yeah, like, I know. shooting at the guy in the woods, which I thought was weird because if you, I have kids. So if my kid comes up to me, dad, 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 he's over there. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to shoot him. It's a weird con. Like, why am I just shooting this guy running through the woods? It's just, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, yeah, a little bit of a kind of a plot hole there or whatever, right? But it, it, yeah, it's still, still fun. Still, it's still a fun oh, sequence. And well, la- uh, last set question, then I want you to plug your tour. The the police station sequence when they when uh, Rambo shoots out the windows of that stage. So we see this, you know, the squibs going off or whatever, with the windows going out, the sheriff sign being blown out. Is that all set too, or what's going? I mean, but what's being blown out in that sequence? What? Yeah, that yeah. Well, the 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 upstairs portion, and you see all the shots and stuff online. The uh, the sheriff station set was a working set. So the upstairs part was where, you know, obviously he's taken into custody, all that kind of stuff. And he, and then he escapes and pushes out the door and all that kind of stuff. It was a, it was a working set and, um, and it was built and designed to be demolitioned and removed at the conclusion of the, of filmmaking. That was the agreement with the district of hope. And, um, and so, um, yeah, they, uh, obviously, you know, when they're firing M sixties, albeit, they were like real guns they were using, obviously blank rounds. But everything that you see, of course, whether it was shooting out the windows at Mountain State Savings, shooting out the windows and the sheriff's sign and stuff on the set of the sheriff's office, that was the magic of uh, basically taping uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of kind of like uh, explosive firecrackers. And that's what caused that window smashing, you know, bullet splashing kind of effect. So... Quick little story, uh, and then I gotta let you. I'm I'm getting paid for today. I can talk all day, big fella. Your time's more valuable right now. But <laughs> we, were, uh, we talked first blood, and I keep going and going and going. You know, um, that's why that's why whenever we travel, and my wife and I are down at the towel hut, maybe in Veradero on the beach in Veradero, and all of a sudden somebody starts talking about, "Oh, you're from Hope, Canada? Isn't that where they filmed Rambo: First Blood?" And my wife says. Yeah, I'll see you in about four hours, and I'll. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But uh, but anyway, so um, uh, yeah, same same kind of when they blew out the windows at the uh, Mountain State Savings. Fun little story was that they had they had one night to get it right, and uh, because that was formerly a Bank of Montreal, so they had to change the signage and all that kind of stuff, and pre- uh, prep the windows for uh, for when Stallone, of course, does the uh, shooting from across the street. And the uh, the first shot, the first shooting of the scene didn't go right because the explosive didn't go off properly. So they had to they had to re you know they had to redo everything, put new panes in, put new glass in, put redo the whole thing. Well, uh, branch manager Bob Melnick at the time, his conditions were was that you've got one night because I'm open for business tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. This needs to be wrapped up, cleaned up. We are open for business. That was it. That was the deal he signed. That was the contract that he signed. So of course now in the middle of like November, right? Midweek, uh, where do you go to get like, you know, four new panes of glass, you know, and, and like it was just so. Anyway, they they managed to re duct tape everything all put together and managed to do a you know okay take two take three or however many uh, shots they had to do of it. But yeah, always a fun story. I tell that story when we're down on the corner of Third and Wallace there, just across the street, when we talk about Mountain State Savings. But uh, but 
Yeah, just just another just another cool, fun behind the scenes story as to what just made filming in this town so legendary, right? Yeah, and I hopefully I haven't spoiled too much. I'm just I'm just geeking out myself because I legit had questions about how they pulled some of these things off. So I appreciate your insight on all that uh, and your time. So before we close. Uh, for those who might be listening to this, who are in the area and have a couple of extra dollars lying around or they can make the trip, how do they get to you? What is it you're going to offer over those four days and what can they expect? Oh, man. I, well, like, look, man, like I said, like if you're if, if you're a fan of this movie, you're going to want to be here. No question about it. It kicks off Friday, uh, October 7th, and uh, we're going to do uh, we're going to do the walking. We've got everything from Rambo skateboarding on uh, Hippie Mike is going to set up a really cool uh going on for like eight hours all day on friday um and uh, don't even have ryan look you don't even know you don't have to know how to skateboard just show up uh it's uh, got a rambo theme he's going to be doing cool prizes stuff like that friday afternoon at one o'clock meet over here at the visitor center 919 water avenue we're going to start the walking tour we're going to do a three-hour tour of all those uh, film locations that you and I have been talking about. It's going to be cool. I tell you all the behind-the-scenes stories and stuff like that. Why? Because we get you prepped for a Friday night. We're doing two events at Mountain View Brewery. One's going to be at 5 o'clock till, uh, till 7.30. The second one is from 8.30 to 11. We're going to have, of course, the movie on the big screen. We're going to have prizes. It's going to be big sound, big video. And it's really cool at the mount at the brewery all weekend long. We're going to actually have our uh, prop display set up, so fans that are rolling into town will be able to go over to the brewery. What what we love about the brewery is that uh, it's uh, all ages, so you don't have to be 19 years of age or older to uh, to go in. So fans of all ages, we're going to have a really really cool display of props and things that were used in the movie. So that's Friday. Saturday is crazy because, of course, Tracy's working on our Where's Rambo contest, which was, like, hugely popular uh, for the 35th anniversary, so it's bigger and better this year. Uh, We've got a really cool display put on at the art gallery. Uh, We're going to do, uh, we're super pumped about this, because we have members of Brian Dennehy's family that are coming up from Los Angeles uh, to take part in a very special ceremony that we're going to be doing right next to where the sheriff's office uh, set was built. So that's going to be uh, just getting underway just after 3.30 on the Saturday afternoon. Uh, and then at 5 o'clock, uh, the guy that's going to be late for the drugstore tomorrow, of course, Clinton, L- Lieutenant Clinton Morgan, Patrick Stack, is going to be in the autograph tent in front of the theater uh, Saturday night. The doors open to the theater. Uh, we're going to be showing the movie. Uh, we're going to be showing the movie on the screen. Prizes, stuff like that. And Ryan, there's a really cool dude. This dude is his. I was so excited when he reached out to us a number of months ago. His name is Dietmar Pohl. This guy is as legendary in terms of uh, fil- a knife. He makes movie knives for a living. And get this, he is the official maker of the heart stopper, the, the, the knife, of course, that Stallone uses in Last Blood. Now, Dietmar Pohl reached out to us a couple of, couple of months ago. He said, Brian, he goes, this movie, First Blood, was the reason that I started my career. And he goes, it's been my dream to come to the town where my favorite movie was shot. Well, the man 
is coming. And he's bringing a couple of his crew with him from it. From uh, he, uh, it's called his website is Pole Movie Knives, Deepmar Pole. Anyways, he, he's bringing some stuff. This guy's a cool dude, and he's going to be set up Saturday afternoon downtown uh, at one of our retail outlets. So fans will be able to see the knife, get his autograph, get pictures. We are so excited that this guy's coming to Hope. It's going to be awesome. Saturday night after the show, brace yourself, Ryan, and you probably come into town for this, Rambo Karaoke. Now, I know, I know, I know, your microphone's probably been cut off in the past when you do when you do karaoke. Well, at least mine has, right? <laughs> what it, it's, it's karaoke with a little bit of a Rambo twist. And every we've done it. We did this for the 35th. Everybody has a blast. And that's going to be taking place at Hope's local house, the Silver Chalice, uh, after the show on Saturday night. Sunday is the day everybody's talking about. Unbelievable. We're going to sell you the whole seat, but you're only going to need the edge. That's right. Sunday, we are going to do something that Wallace Street in downtown Hope has never seen before. The Canadian Military Education Center, great group of guys and gals were a big part of the weekend. They are bringing a tank, 52-ton Centurion tank. Yes, a tank. And we are going to be driving the tank over a bunch of cars downtown, right in the middle, right on Wallace Street, Sunday morning. So along with that, there's going to be a military display. We're having a Rambo scene market set up in the park. And then, of course, the bad guy himself, Stephen Chang, the guy, of course, the famous uh, chest cutting scene. Stephen Chang is going to be here Sunday morning in the autograph tent, signing autographs. This guy is cool. He brings a lot of excitement. He's a lot of fun. The fans are going to love him. And then uh, Sunday afternoon, just when you think, holy cow, how can this event? Is there a wind down? Not really. Sunday afternoon, we're showing the movie again at the theater. And, um, and and then Sunday night, we're doing a Rambo wrap-up patio party at the Kingpin Lounge, where guess what? The movie will be showing. We'll do some prizes. We'll be some barbecuing, all that kind of stuff. And then Monday, Monday, the legendary guy himself, Scott Hardy from uh, FirstBloodFilmingLocation.com. He's actually take, we're going to do something we've never done before. Fans are going to love it. We're doing a Rambo road trip, and Scott Hardy, as legendary as he is, he was the guy, he was the first guy to ever find out the actual GPS coordinates and the location of the junkyard, of course, the famous junkyard where he finds the tarp and everything, you know. So Scott is taking the whole tour on the road, and uh, we're leaving the visitor center here Monday morning at 9 o'clock. Probably, and then we're going to be stopping at all sorts of cool locations between here and North Vancouver. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Never done before. So fans are going to love it. And all the tickets for all this stuff are two things. Very cheap. Okay. Uh, and you can find all the ticket information. Just simply Google First Blood filming, uh, First Blood 40th anniversary, or just jump on our Facebook page, Ryan. The portal there is huge. There's all sorts of activity going on. You can reach out, click on the link, email us, call us at 604-869-2021 for your tickets. 
you know, we're not like Live Nation. We don't have the, hey, we're just a little small town, you know, visitor center, but we will take your credit card number over the phone. We'll hold your tickets. They'll be in an envelope so that when you roll into town on the Friday of the long weekend, you stop by here, you pick up your ticket, and you just get yourself prepped and ready to have a great time in the town, what, where it all began, big fella. All right. Wow. That is awesome. I mean, if that's not a pitch, I don't know what is. So that is great, Brian. You've been an absolute boy. This is the least I've ever talked on any of my, on any podcast I've ever done in my life, let alone the Ramble Podcast, which is a treat for me. I probably a treat for my listeners. They're probably sick of hearing my voice. So thank you so much, Brian, for your time, uh, for your enthusiasm, for your knowledge, and I have a thousand more questions. Uh, but for today, we'll we'll stop there. Uh, people, I'm. You know, go out, support this. Even if you can't go, just plug this on your Facebook, plug it on your socials, so let other people know that might want to know about this interview and about the uh, your project. And uh, Brian, any last words before uh, before we go? All I'm going to tell you is that the uh, the the next or the first when you come rolling through town, the uh, first first blood orange beer is on me, big fella. Oh, you know what? I will say I'll talk to you more offline, but uh, I have uh, I don't know if I told you I'm in the military myself. I'm I'm in the Navy and uh, I, I, thank you. And I'm uh, I'm currently teaching a course. I won't be able to get over there, but I am going to be posted at Alberta in 2024. And so one of our stops as we drive to Alberta, of course, will be through Hope. So I will be there for the 42nd anniversary. Uh, but you, Brian, you and I will meet, shake hands and uh, you better uh, tell me some more stories when we do that. And, and uh, before you go, knowing that, thank you for uh, the guys and gals and doing what you do and, and serving. And uh, just remember, nothing is over! Awesome. <laughs>